Not all digital innovations and new tech are developed by folks working out of their garages. Sometimes the next startup that's waiting to happen is being developed within an existing organization, even a big global one. What matters is having an entrepreneurial mindset that combines invention, business acumen, and zeal for the customer and solving their problems, and approaching all of that like an owner, hence the rise of the entrepreneur. Hello, I'm your host, Paul Teese, and on this episode of If When, I spoke with two gentlemen from Jacobs who are part of the team behind Alluvial, a new data insights solution that they run like a startup business. Helping me to unpack their entrepreneurial journey are Alex Maru, Director of Incubation for Data and Technology and Alluvial Product Manager, and David Yardy, Software Architect. Well, Alex and David, thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm excited to talk with you about Alluvial. It's a product that is provided by Jacobs, and I understand you both are uh, foundational to its genesis and to uh, getting it out to the market and keeping it going. You know, it's really fascinating to me, this idea of entrepreneurship. You know, you've got, you've got a, a multi-billion dollar global corporation, but yet it still has, it creates that space for innovators and entrepreneurs such as yourselves to come up with like new products and new ideas that you can bring to the market in a sense, kind of like a startup, you know, within a big corporation. And so, um, you know, hats off to both of you for, for having the moxie to do it. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to um, kind of learning about the dynamics at play and, and how you made that happen. Now, Alex, let me start with you. You know, what inspired you to start up this product in the first place? Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the big thing is friction. We didn't go out and say, hey, let's build the thing. It's going to solve all the world's problems. It's mm-hmm. more like we need better, a better convenient way to deliver. People were having issues just sharing their dashboards with clients. And uh, that's that's where it came out of. And so it started with one project and then we we moved to another project and then through mouth people had their projects that they wanted to be able to deliver this way mm-hmm. yeah. so so let me ask you you know so you say dashboards right uh, can you explain maybe explain a little bit about what what the alluvial s- solution is and like kind of like you know how somebody would use a dashboard to, to serve a client and you know how this kind of helps them do so yeah, good question. So people will come with their data on a project, right? Mm-hmm. James is going to be contracted to design something mm-hmm. on the earth, right? Something living. With that design or analysis, there's a ton of data that's being generated, right? Mm-hmm. For, for that. And all the way to delivery and then afterwards in the data lifecycle, uh, people need those insights, right? To make better decisions about what they're going to do with the design. So um, there could be some collaboration that need to happen, both at the operational level, like within the project, or even at the meta level, like scope, schedule, budget, what mm-hmm. we call project controls. Meeting up the project controls with some of the design data as well is a big deal. So that's that's really the idea there is to uh, enable folks to be able to share that with their clients uh, and for the clients to be able to log in and, and uh, as stakeholders provide comment and everybody's mm-hmm. working quicker. 
Okay, so it, it sounds like it, you know, it kind of was first started as like a value add so that folks within the company, i.e. Jacob's professionals who are trying to serve clients, could provide better service or have some more insights into something that they're, and how they're serving clients. But it, it, it sounds like you, from what I understand, you realize there was a benefit that clients would actually pay for this uh, solution. You know, what convinced you... Ha- Walk us through a little bit of like that, you know, that illumination, that light bulb moment where, you know, it was like, yeah, clients would pay for these insights and and here's something that we could productize and sell to them. I say there's multiple ways clients are paying for it, right? The big way is it's freeing up billable, billable throughput. What I would say, we have the people who were trying to share their data and insights with their clients. They couldn't do that. They were kind of landlocked, right? They had to worry about cloud hosting. They had to worry about getting licenses for the software that they were developing on. They had to worry about identity management, right? How do I send an invite to somebody and then they can view it securely from a cybersecurity perspective? Mm-hmm. And so all, all that is building up that throughput for delivery, mm-hmm. which we're contracted, right? And we have our conventional services with time and materials. So that's one piece of, of monetization that was freed up. The other piece is Alluvial is a platform. So it's not necessarily an end solution. A platform is a ton of solutions on top. It's, it's a one-to-many sort of thing. So mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're allowing people to build their solutions, mm-hmm. almost like a business to business, or like what we say, J to J, Jacob's internal, uh, where we might have another product team that doesn't want to have to solve for cloud hosting, for identity management, for all the licenses. They can come to us and their solution is front and center and they monetize it uh, according to the value that they're delivering on the platform. Mm, interesting. So it sounds like there was a bit of a lift involved. And, and David, as the software architect on this project, I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience, right? You know, building this platform. What are some of the challenges like challenges that you encountered as the software architect that needed to be overcome some of the things that had to be thought through and you know how did how do you go about delivering something like this we started off talking about where it started and Mm -hmm. i think the key piece that was missed here was an evolution a -hmm. large part of this effort started on a project we did it on two projects and it evolved into where it got to so it wasn't like there were immediate challenges of un- insurmountable challenges mm-hmm. it was uh we did one at a time we knocked off based on the needs of that project so that gave us some time and space to think about it do it properly evolve even our what we're doing internally to yeah. move it to the next one there was a part where hey when we start to get into the third project we start thinking of how we're going to evolve this to a larger audience when we started to see the momentum mm-hmm. or the need right, the, the demand for this, we started to think our, our change and we evolved again on how we approach things, making it more multi-tenant, multiple users, multiple projects, and it, and it got larger that sense. So that's really key to some of these applications that we, we have done like this. You know, in contrast to, I've got a great idea, let me work and work on this mountain of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, evolution is key to some of the success. 
Oh, that's that's really fascinating because it's you know, and I, I'm not a product manager and I'm not a terribly innovative individual either. But it, I tend to think, oh, here's a big, here's a problem, or here's an idea, let's go build it. You know, but it's you're right. I mean, it's, many times a lot of great ideas, things that we end up with, started out in that iterative process, yeah. and as you go through that journey, you start uncovering other use cases and you start having more and more aha moments it sounds like and then suddenly you, you realize hey i think we may have something here now alex how do you take that excitement of that aha moment david was elaborating on and how do you convince management you know this is a product that deserves support you know how how do you get that buy in so that it's like resourced properly and funded and, and all those kinds of things. Cause that, I think that tends to be a question people will ask, you know, well, how can I take what I've got and, and take it to the next level? This is going to run counterintuitive, but you know, part of my job, I'm, I'm oversee the incubation with specific initiatives. So I, I do coach folks on this part mm-hmm. and this is where I specifically own it, right. As the product manager, think small, actually, you look at the on-ramp for what it takes to get to the place where you want to go with a product platform or solution, mm-hmm. have a hyper focus on that end result, start smaller, right? Think about in smaller steps and, and expand your horizon there. When you, when you think that way, your end result of your level of effort is actually going to be smaller and easier to digest. One of the taglines I say is, you know, disruption without interruption, right? Mm-hmm respect the business as usual, respect uh, what might need to be disrupted, but provide some, uh, some calculated pressure over mm-hmm. time, right, to get there. And I think it's going to be a lot more digestible to, to the organization when it comes to innovation. So you got to really just be prepared for a, for a slog, you know, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be committed to your idea, right? You know, yeah. It's not just a flash in the pan, but you've really got to be, you got to have that fortitude. Now, now, David, Alex is talking about, you know, obviously resources, particularly in a digital space, you know, in a company like Jacobs, you know, there's so many projects going on and so much need from, for technology and software and solutions. What are some of the resources that you, as like the software architect, had to marshal to help get this thing built and launched and supported? And kind of what was that journey like, you know, bringing in the technical expertise beyond just yourself to like stand this up properly? Mm-hmm. So in my role for the last five, six years, I'm managing a team of global developers, teams across the globe. And as part of that, we've had developers at different skill levels. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as external influence from Microsoft. Some of their influence in this application was very valuable. We can get into that further. But based on the diverse nature and the different skill levels, we mm-hmm. had the resources to start applying to some of these problems and just knock off some of the problems. It was, um, and it is a very solid team that we've been built on practices and patterns for five, six years, the same team. So we've leveraged that quite easily to apply the right person at the right time to move it, to move the bar, right? Mm. So, so that has uh, been a big benefit to us. Mm. Uh, now talk to me a little bit about Microsoft and like kind of what is their, um, their role in this? Uh, I know they have a 
they're involved and you know are there other external organizations that you worked with as well you know and kind of talk with us a little bit about that collaborative ecosystem as it were you know and how that can help help a, a budding entrepreneur stand something up at their organization yeah alex do you want to talk about how microsoft was involved or got aware of alluvial and where it kind of fits and cross with them because yeah. I, I think the origin of how they got involved is, is kind of significant here yeah i mean it started with just i was reading some docs about how we could deliver power bi right we had a bunch of people who were using power bi on the desktop side power bi is a data analysis tool and they needed to be able to share that with their clients and i looked at some of the different licensing schemes and a lot of our legacy licensing schemes that we have for for delivery to our clients over the web are named user and that doesn't really pair up well with uh, the ebbs and flows of consulting right if we can instead license based upon capacity or actual usage it really goes well for us both for the vendor and for us for the value we're delivering and so microsoft has a product that allows us, it's called Power BI Embedded, which allows us to uh, license the capacity versus the named users to deliver. We started to build a uh, what's called an ISV pattern, independent, independent software vendor pattern with them on how to deliver this way using, using their best practices. And we just kind of grew it organically. We grew it in the United States, then we grew it in the UK. Now we're in Australia. Uh, and we have data sovereignty as well in, in Canada. And they took note, notice of that because they get platform level telemetry. And uh, so now we have sort of a uh, bi-weekly stand up with their program managers uh, where we talk about some of the best practices. Now we're providing feedback on some of their developments as well. So it's, it's turned into a really great partnership where both they're growing their platform and we're growing our abstraction of their platform together. Wow, that's really fascinating. You know, to, to see that things like this can, you can work with like other entities and iterate off of something and create something new, you know, and of value. So, well, my, my last question I have for both of you, and I'll start with you, Alex, and really just want you both to kind of speak from your own experience here. But what advice would you share with other entrepreneurs who have a, a great idea or the start of a great idea? Maybe it needs to be iterated on. But they want to, and they want to see it brought to market. So, Alex, what you know, what advice would you have? I would say, don't be afraid to move at a glacial pace. And people say, oh, that in a in a bad way. Oh, you know, that so and so is moving at a glacial pace, whatever. But if you look at what glaciers do, they carve into the landscape. You can see them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can see what they do. So, the the slower you move, applying that pressure you know, and, and be patient, right? Be, be persistent, be patient. You know, that, that's important. But then also there's another dimension to this and that's team sport. Don't think that you can do it all yourself. You know, one of our values is we live inclusion, you know, and bake that into your process. Go and look for people to, to build the team with, right? It, you know, it's, it's me and Dave on here right now, but we have a, a much bigger team than that. And uh, we wouldn't be able to do that uh, without them. So I'd say, you know, see this all as a team sport and be patient. Mm, that's excellent. And then, David, from uh, from where you sit, what advice would you have? Jacob's 
does provide the ability to do move at this glacial place. We work on some 20, 30 different projects mm -hmm. and we evolve things. Some things go beyond the project. Sometimes it stays on small. So you can develop very small things on any project mm -hmm. and it's got the potential to grow large. That's what's actually exciting about Jacobs. This ability to be on lots of projects, different uh, scopes, different clients, different requirements. You add that now with automation and software and development, you've got a lot of capability here that you can try out on different projects. And if it works, fantastic. Next one might be a winner and it'll go on multiple projects and might get beyond. So um, Jacobs is very exciting in that sense, that small and you can grow large and you don't know. You're making it available to small audiences and it'll get bigger if it, if it fits in a space. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it, so it sounds like, a, you know, culture plays a big key or is a big key element here. And, uh, you know, leadership needs to create that space where people can innovate and they can experiment and look for solutions. And, you know, frankly, that's how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace is uh, ultimately it's your people and the great ideas and the solutions that they're able to concoct. And so giving them the space to do that uh, is fundamental. So, Well, Alex and David, I want to thank you both so much for your time today uh, and kind of walking us through, letting us look under the hood on, uh, you know, your quote unquote startup business within Jacobs, you know, and this alluvial project, you know, congratulations on it. It's very fascinating. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's really thrilling, you know, to just see this thing come to life and, you know, see clients use it and, see peers be able to like use it to, to better service their clients. So uh, congratulations and thank you both for your time today. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.